0: What if I told you that your life could be completely transformed through meditation? Welcome to Meditate On This, an inspiring podcast where I share true life stories of people whose lives have been completely transformed through meditation. I am your host, Angela Acomando and I can't wait to go on this journey with you. Welcome to Meditate on this podcast today. I am really excited to have Teresa Joseph, author, artist, and mystic. Uh, I recently read her books, Everyday Mystic, Daily Messages for a Life of Love, Peace, and Joy, and her other book, Everyday Mystic, Finding the Extraordinary in the Ordinary, which is Teresa's story on how she um, started on this journey and where she's found herself today. So thank you so much. Welcome, Therese. I'm excited to have you on today.
1: Thank you, Angela. It's great to be here. Appreciate the work you're doing.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on to share um, all your with everyone. And, you know, uh, Everyday Mystic Daily Messages is, I want to just share with everyone. It's one of those books where you just open up, there's a message for the day. I've been doing them. And it's so interesting because the messages are so uh, prevalent. And when I read it for the day, I'm like, wow, this really... You know, this really, to me, so today, the day that we're recording is April 29th, and I'd love to share today's message. It's titled, Complete the Whole. My light is within you now. What you have asked for has been given, and what has been given cannot be be taken away. I do not give half a gift, so you can see that you and my son are whole in me. This is true for everyone. I await their recognition. They do not have to come through my son, but they have to come to me. They have to come to me with full abandon. They have to abandon all else they hold dear. That doesn't mean they will lose all else they hold dear. It simply means that to enter into union with me, they must be willing to let go all they hold dear. That willingness allows you and I to form the complete whole, God. That is beautiful, Teresa. Thank you, Angela. So how do you um, get these messages?
1: So what I do is I sit in meditation um, Mm. for myself or sometimes for my clients. And oftentimes when I'm in meditation, I see visions, or I'm given messages like that one, which came word for word. Other times I'm given a feeling, like a knowing about something, and then I have to translate that knowing into words, which is a harder Mm -hmm. thing to do because when you have these mystical experiences, and by the way, they're there for all of us, um, they really transcend the language that we've developed kind of in Western culture. So we don't really have words to describe these transcendent experiences. So I do my best when that happens to translate them. It's much easier when the spirit gives me exact words as the ones in those messages, the message you just read.
0: And um, how long do you usually meditate, let's say on a daily basis to, to receive these messages? So,
1: right now I'm meditating 45 minutes to an hour in the morning, and then another 20 minute morning meditation uh, that my friend is hosting. But in total, I try to spend about two hours a day in meditation. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I have a channeled grace healing practice, um, so I'm seeing clients a couple of hours, three or four hours a day, in addition to my personal meditation. So during that additional three to four hours, I'm in a very quiet space connecting to source energy, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. So that's not a personal meditation, but it is a meditative state, and mm-hmm. uh, Some of the messages that are in that book, daily messages came while in session for my clients. So they were messages for clients specifically that we then transcribed, we recorded and transcribed.
0: So what I'll do
1: as I'm hearing a message for a client, I'll just speak the words out loud so that they get the benefit in that very moment of what spirit is saying to them.
0: Oh wow. And what brought you, I mean, I read the book, so I know, but I want to I'd love for you to share with everyone who's listening of uh, what brought you to a place of meditation? Because you were in the corporate world and you were doing good and you were what the world would consider successful and have made it. So what brought you to the place of meditation?
1: So, yeah, I was working in finance for IBM. I was at their world headquarters in Armonk, New York. And um, it was great. Like you said, it's it's a successful career. Um, I lived in Greenwich, Connecticut. So that was also a wonderful place to be. But, you know, I was doing all that with... Two children, a dog, I was married. So, you know, there's all the stress and chaos, not just from work, but then from raising a family and trying to balance everything. So, um, we'd go on vacation, and I'd be completely stressed about going on vacation because the whole airport thing was stressful, and that was before 9 11 and, you know, all the things we have now. And so, I'd be totally stressed out during my vacation. And then like for the two days in the middle of like, let's say a 10-day break, I'd feel relaxed. And then it would all start all over. I'd get stressed about having to go back home and, and start <laughs> everything. So I was just thinking, oh my goodness, there has to be a way to find inner peace and this sensation of relaxation that transcends my vacation time. <laughs> So how do I capture that? How do I bring that into my life? And what happened is I went from 60 hours a week working at IBM to 30. That was part-time work for me. Um, it's closer to most people's you know, full-time schedule, but I felt like I had all this free time with only working 30 hours uh, at IBM. So I enrolled in a, a yoga class, Uh, piano lessons, and a few other things. Piano was not my thing, apparently. But (laughs) my yoga teacher was a Reiki master. It's a term I had never heard. I didn't know anything about it. So for your listeners who don't know, Reiki is a hands-on healing modality. And at the end of a Reiki class, she would come around the room while we were in child pose and put her hands on our backs. And I would just melt into the ground. It felt like this warm liquid just moving up through my spine and around my body. And I was just like, oh, I want this feeling forever. (laughs) So of course it didn't last, you know, I'd go back to my busy day and be all kinds of type A and crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I had more time, I decided to take Reiki training. So I took the Reiki uh, one level course and had that same sensation of all this beautiful light going through my body, totally relaxed. So um, (laughs) what I would do is, I was working in the trading room at IBM and I'd go in and line the traders up at their desks and say, okay, I just took this course, I need to do Reiki on you. And of course they laughed at me, but that was my beginning. And what I found is that the more Reiki I did, even if it was on other people, the more inner peace I had, the more relaxed I became. Wow. So it, the route to meditation for me was through Reiki, but then through Reiki trying to find, well, how does this last? What if I'm not doing a Reiki session on somebody? How do I bring this feeling into my everyday? And so I read books, um, again, not probably the traditional path. And this also goes back to 1998, 99. So, you know, mm-hmm. mindfulness meditation wasn't as popular. I mean, sure it was, just not in my circles. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that at, at IBM. Um, so I read books that were kind of guided to me. One was Angel Speak by Trudy Griswold. And mm-hmm. it was a fabulous book. Trudy said, You can talk to your angels. I was like, What? They're there? Okay. What do they have to say? And so I would sit, just like she said, quietly, and I would ask a question of my angels. And then I'd start hearing things. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd write those messages down. And they're embarrassing to recall, but I do talk about those in my book, I mean, in the mm-hmm. very beginning. Um, And then she said, you know, you can ask your angels a question before you go to bed at night and then they'll answer at some point. So they started waking me up at all hours of the night with information, I'd get up and I would just start writing down whatever they said. And again, that was like another step in walking toward like, okay, well, what happens in the silence? I'm always so busy. And in our culture, we value that. When somebody says, what are, you know, what have you been up to? They don't want to hear, I'm just being. Then they just- You know, I was in a culture that valued doing and success and striving and pushing past all boundaries, all limits. But what I decided to do was take that and go into a place of pushing past mental boundaries and boundaries of reality. And the boundaries set up by my ego self, another topic Mm -hmm. I was introduced to in those early days, I had no idea there was, you know, body, mind, and spirit, that there was an ego portion of us that's different than the essence of us, like all this language that I didn't know. You know, I grew up in a household, it was an Italian family with... um, all the yelling and chaos that goes (laughs) along with at least my Italian family. Um, So there was never any place to put your feet, like, you know, no solid foundations. (laughs) So, um, and nobody talked about inner peace in my family. They're just like, get over it, you know, (laughs) know, that, that place. Um, Yeah. So anyway, it's, going diving further and further into the silence actually is what brought me further and further along to bursting through all the boundaries that have been set
0: for me. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful yeah I, I actually loved and really connected with the part in your book how when you started getting these messages especially when it came to selling your house and buying the farm that you know you were really like listening um because i think a lot of people can relate to that where whether you want to say your angels your higher self or just that small voice inside you is saying something and you don't listen and it's growing stronger and stronger um so i really resonated with with that part of of the book uh so what finally uh made you completely leave ibm and do the work that you do now
1: Mm. so part of leaving ibm i mean i I first went from full-time to part-time work and then ultimately left but i really felt like at that time my job was at home with my children because they were getting older and i think i did the reverse of most people where when they were babies, I went to work because I couldn't handle that baby stage and we couldn't (laughs) afford for me to stay home. Um, uh, But as they got older, my feeling was always because I got so lost in my teens. My feeling was that I needed to be there, you know, to guide them through that stage. So I really wanted to be home with them. And That's then when I decided at the same time, this whole idea of releasing my ego was coming up and I felt very exposed being in corporate America without an ego, Mm -hmm. because to be in that space, you have to really think that you're the most important thing in the world, like, and what you're doing is super important. And I wasn't thinking that anymore. Um, Um, So at that time, it was a natural transition time to get into Reiki and, and I started a practice um, never charged anybody because it just felt like it wasn't my energy. And then people started giving me gifts, and then I realized now I better just charge people, <laughs> it's much easier than giving gifts. <laughs> um, so, leaving what was the question, Angela?
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did you finally park? leave IBM?
1: Oh, yeah, leave. So, that's what it was. It really was that. What led me, led me to leave IBM was really my children. You know, I really thought it was a time to be home with them. Mm. I didn't want them to get into the same things I did in my teens.
0: Mm. So, yeah. I yeah, was- people, people do think, I have three older children in their 20s, and people think that as children get older, that's when they need you less. But I disagree. I think that really is when they need you more.
1: I totally agree with you, Angela. I think that's where... They need you more, and that's where their needs become so subtle. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to be the one picking up on their tone of voice. You have to be the one, you know, picking up on their friendships and and guiding them in more subtle ways.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so,
0: if somebody somebody's listening, and this is resonating with them, or they wanted to give meditation a chance. What advice would you give someone on starting a meditation practice? Because right now we're all in, um, you know, I don't know if you want to call it isolation or quarantine, everyone's calling it something different, but we're, this is a great time to start a meditation practice because we don't have all the distractions that we normally do.
1: Right. So the first advice I would give is to set your intention. That you want to start a med- meditation practice and that's different than just thinking oh i'd like to start a meditation practice this is just sitting down for a moment and you know put your hands on your heart and say i am going to start a med- i am starting a meditation practice mm-hmm. and here's what it will look like you know i will devote five minutes a day i mean don't make it onerous mm-hmm. And then look at your calendar. You know, even during this time of pandemic and lockdown, I think people have been very busy on Zoom, attending all kinds of th- events on Zoom. If you've got young children, you're still, you're, you're kind of homeschooling them. Mm-hmm. So there's a different kind of busy. So no matter whether it were, you know, pandemic lockdown or you're right back to your busy life it's about first setting your intention to start that practice and then looking at your calendar and saying like day by day okay where do i have five minutes in each of these days to meditate and at first glance you're going to say you don't have it but if you look more carefully you will find these small pockets for instance if you have to pick up children at school arrive five minutes early and meditate in your car.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: you're going to get a manicure or pedicure, meditate while your nails are drying. If you have to go to CVS and let's say I will bring my husband to CVS, he jumps out of the car, that's a time to meditate. And it's a choice, right? So we can mm-hmm. pull out our phone during those five minutes that we have each place. And okay, who, who wrote to me? Who's on social media? Who's doing this? And who's doing instead? Close down your social media, close your eyes, and meditate. And today we have all kinds of apps for that headspace, and I don't know all the apps, but they make it pretty easy. But even mm-hmm. without those, it just requires closing your eyes and following your breath. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, mm-hmm. breathing in. And then that brings calm. And once you get that step down. Then you can go to, okay, maybe I want to make 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day. Um, but you will find the time before you sit down to TV at night, say, mm-hmm. before I watch the show, I'm going to meditate for five minutes. So we, we spend a lot of time on electronics that if we trade some of that time for meditation, we'll <laughs> yes. find we have plenty of time to meditate.
0: Yeah. I know. It's so funny when I talk to people and they're like, I don't have the time. I'm like, but you're, you've talked to me for an hour now. Like if you just cut back a little on how long you've even talked to me, you would have found the time. time. Exactly. Exactly. So meditation led you to your light calling and what you do now. Correct. I
1: think it was, um, Reiki that led me to meditation, mm. and then meditation became an, um, such an important part of my life mm. that, it, and it probably made my Reiki sessions better. You know, mm. because it was this constant connection, like constant working on getting my ego self out of the way, connecting with my true essence and the essence of this greater something that we're all a part of Mm -hmm. and really incorporating that into my day into my life into my sessions into my relationships with other people
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: it doesn't all translate into me being some kind of perfect person out there like where i yeah there are there there are still (laughs) things that push my buttons but much less so i mean Mm -hmm. who i was 15 years ago, I mean, who I was 10 years ago is so different than than who I am now in my ability to stay centered and calm regardless of what's going on in life around us. And I mean, that's the thing about meditation, right? It's not about initially, anyway, it's not about changing what's going on around you. It's about how we react to what's going on around us, how we're able to stay centered to respond rather to react. Um,
0: so it's helped me yeah. through all of that. And so if somebody wanted to find answers, I, I talk to so many people, clients and friends and family, who really inside feel this pull um, to do something different than what they're doing in life. A lot of people that I've been talking to lately have really been feeling a pull to become healers and, and energy workers and things like that. And you know, I'm always like, go do it. Like, it'll be fine because I've learned my own life. Like, just heed to that calling and you know that. But if somebody was listening and said, you know, I know that I want to do something like this, but I need more clarity. What advice would you give them to get that clarity? that clarity
1: which they're looking for the clarity of what is in their heart or what their higher self is telling them to get that the only way is to go into meditation and to spend time in that silence even if they're doing a meditation where they have to say to themselves like i'm breathing in breathing out you need to stop that at some point and just listen like, mm-hmm. just sit back and listen, because all of the moves that I made, and you, you mentioned one huge one, which was um, selling our house in Greenwich and buying a farm up in, uh, up in the country in northwestern Connecticut, that was huge, because I actually loved my life down there. I was not looking to move.
0: All of our lives were good down there. Um, yeah, Greenwich is a great place to live. It's not, not a place people really want to move out of.
1: No, you're not looking to move out of Greenwich. <laughs> so, um, and we were on a like fabulous street right on the, the uh, couple of houses from the Long Island Sound. I mean, it was great. It was really great. I can't emphasize enough how hard that was. But anyway, <laughs> once you surrender, to kind of the universal life force and it's like okay well what does the universe want for me Mm -hmm. you have to be open to where it's going to lead you moving was a huge thing but that wasn't the first thing that came to me you know you're usually given much smaller steps so i don't want to people to be afraid of what they might hear um i i understand that some people read my book and then they're like oh i could never do that she moved like she (laughs) order your entire family, <laughs> and I'll just say it doesn't. That's not the first thing you'll be asked to do, but even if that is what you're asked to do, it will be because it's for the highest good of you and every single person in your orbit your family, your children, your husband, your extended family, your friends. It may not seem that way in the beginning, but it will be. And so, what you're talking about with people feeling this poll, like I'm not doing exactly what I meant to. It's somewhere else. It's either it's in the healing arts or it's in yoga, it's something, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to sit with yourself long enough to allow that to bubble up and to do that. It's always so entwined with ego work, right? Because it's your ego that will keep you in fear. It's your ego that tells you the rules everybody else made around you are the right ones. No, you should be in finance. You should be making this amount of money. You should be living in this kind of house, whatever it is. You have to be able to put that aside, but that's the ego work, right? That's going, what's my ego and what's me? Like this higher self me, that's within me all the time. What's that trying to tell me? And so the first thing is you put aside that fear of hearing what that might be. And then just at least capture what it is your higher self is trying to say to you. Once you've captured that, then you could sit with that for a while and say, okay, is there a way for me to do this? And don't get too caught up in the how. If this is your higher self speaking, give it back to the universe and say, show me. Bring it to me. Mm. Make the path appear in front of me. And it will. Mm. It will come. When I shifted from working at IBM to full-time to part-time and then staying home with my children, the path to, even though Reiki was the impetus, you know, or the thing that I was doing when I shifted from IBM, it wasn't at all clear how that would be a practice you know something more than just like to dabble in but I felt that that was the calling so I just kept putting that out there saying okay I am making myself available to the universe if this is what I am meant to do bring me the clients Mm -hmm. and that started out slowly but then I learned a little more I learned about really sitting down and setting my intention to do this. So I actually sat down and I wrote on a piece of paper with my old MBA training, a business plan. Like, And it was, okay, I'm starting a Reiki practice. I will see this many clients a week and I will earn this much money. And then I just put it away. I said, universe, I'm giving that to you. This is my intention. That's my plan. Writing it down helps you set your intention. It's just a tool to help us focus. And then the next thing I did is I cleared my calendar of all other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I put in my book. It's like childcare, laundry, grocery shopping, that all stayed on my calendar because somebody else did do that. But you know, a lot of volunteer work, a lot of other things that I did to keep myself busy, that all went. And so I just sat with my empty calendar and people literally started calling to book Greeky sessions. So that's the power of the universe or source. I use the term God for a lack of better explaining this ineffable something and nothing that we're all part of. But we need to make the space for that to come in and do its thing. Mm. That's what I feel like I was doing setting our intention, which is getting in touch with you, what your heart wants checking in always with your higher self and then making room in your life for the stuff to come in. Mm. And so, and I, then just a constant dance, you know, you're constantly oh. readjusting and sitting in meditation and saying, am I on the right path? Is there anything else you want me to do? Okay. Is that all right? I'm doing it.
0: Mm. I love how you brought up making space. Cause I am such a big proponent of that. Um, and sometimes, you know, my husband looks at me, he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know, if life is so filled with all kinds of stuff, there's no space for that new thing to even come in and reside. So I love that. And and I also love how you share how simple of a business plan you had. It's just like, here's my intention. This is what I want to make. And then, and then I give it to the universe. I'm actually... Uh, my coach sent me a book. I wish I had it around. It has something to do with money and it's really all about um, giving it up to God and, and letting God just take care of you know, your money situation. And she talks about having a God box. So this is kind of reminding me of it. And, uh-huh. and you write down and then you put it in your God box and it's like, God's going to take care of that.
1: It's true. And there is something to it because I can't, you know, just by setting an intention and giving it to the universe, nothing's going to happen if there's nothing bigger out there. Right. I mean, there is something that we're a part of, and it's a wonderful something and it's very powerful. And um, I think that's the point of my book, Everyday Mystic. The first one, finding the extraordinary and the ordinary is to just, Show people how you could be on any path. It doesn't matter if you're an engineer, you're in finance, you're a housekeeper. It doesn't matter what your career is or what you're doing. You can connect with your higher self. You can connect with something bigger. Your life can change. You don't need to, although it is wonderful to be able to fly off to an ashram or do a pilgrimage or sacred sites, Most of us don't have the time to do that or the money. So there is a way, though, to still be guided by, you know, this greater something and to then get on what I call God's jet stream. And once you step foot on that jet stream, you're operating at a whole different level of consciousness.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it's one that will carry you to places that are, all synchronized with your highest good and the highest good of those around you, and so everyday mystic finding the extraordinary and the extra, finding the ordinary in the extraordinary nope finding the extraordinary in the ordinary <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, is really about what a life looks like when you start that journey and it's meant to just inspire people to get on their own journey not to say that that is the specific
0: journey. And so would you, would you say hopping on that jet stream happens through meditation? Yes, I would say that that
1: is the best way to get on the jet stream mm-hmm. because it really is about transcending kind of ordinary reality and seeing what else is out there for you.
0: And can you share with us, because we've talked so much about um, you know selling the house and you buying another house on a farm. I mean, I've read the book. Um, I want other people to read the book, but there's a, there is a lot to read in there. So could you just share with us, why did God want you to leave Greenwich and buy this other farmhouse? What do you do there? What is it about?
1: So um, that's an interesting question. And at the time, I had absolutely no idea, and that made it even harder. Um, but oftentimes, when you get on God's jet stream, it's not rational. Like the things yeah. you do aren't rational, but they do end up um, being, again, for the highest good. So I only know in retrospect a few things. One is the property has tremendous healing energy. There are ley lines, two ley lines on the property that are tremendously healing. Um, one of my friends, the minute she stepped out of, uh, out of the car onto these ley lines, her ankle, which she had badly sprained and was hobbling on, healed. Mm. And that was just from the energy of the farm. A number of people have, have had some good healing experiences here. But one of the bigger things I saw was that at the end of my mother's life, and she lives only 45 minutes from my farm, but was about two hours from my house in Greenwich. um, She came here for the last month of her life. And this was the place where she took her last breaths and had for the first time in her life, like total peace. Wow. Um, she was able to come here uh, because I was only 45 minutes away. Um, she essentially, she left my father at the end of her life. And, um, and she came here and she had very bad, uh, well, she had liver cancer, stage four, and a tumor on her sciatic nerve. So mm. she was in a lot of pain um, and she wasn't getting the care she needed with my father so she left she came here and she had this really beautiful peaceful end of life experience but if i was in greenwich that would not have been able to happen and she would have had i'm sure a very traumatic end of life experience Mm -hmm. so that was a big thing and that happened almost two years to the day after i moved in into the farm yeah so that was one of the bigger bigger things yeah and you also hold retreats at the
0: farm also
1: I do um I've been doing silent retreats for my my private clients here Mm -hmm. and those have been really powerful um some daily retreats sometimes we do like a daily event and uh I just, I do it, I do what I'm guided to do, you know, each yeah. year each year,
0: your Well, I already put it out there. My intention is um, that I really, I know you sent me the information for the retreat in the summertime. So I, I put it out there. My intention is to go and, and do that retreat because, you know, I'm somebody that meditation has slowed me down a lot. Yeah. um and when I I remember doing my first silent retreat and all my friends saying, I'm so scared for you and I was like, I'm scared too <laughs> but I absolutely loved it. It was it, it really shifted something in me and I think that's what people don't understand is that 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 silence maybe in the beginning is a little uncomfortable, maybe a little scary because we're so it's just not what we're used to. But um, there's just something powerful about it, and a lot of serious shifts can occur there. I know they they have for me, and one of the things that I'm struggling with now, maybe you could um, share something to help. I'm sure other people listening are struggling with this: is finding um, finding that silence with everybody home because we're mandated to be home, and so you know, I have the last few weeks realized you know, Oh, I'm so used to 8:30. My husband goes to work. My son goes to school. My older son goes to work. And I, I am in quietness for like a good eight hours and I enjoy it. So now, and everyone in my house is pretty quiet. Nobody's really that loud. I mean, you could hear, I'm, you know, taping from my home now, but it's still the energy of extra people around and them moving around. And um, so what, what can, somebody do in the midst of this pandemic that we're in to find, you know, some silence, some really good silence. That's a really good question. And that
1: is exactly the reason we need to practice meditation, you know, when times are good as well. Um, Because then when we're in a situation that's not ideal, we can still drop into our own silence, regardless of the chaos around us. For instance, if I'm at an airport waiting for my flight, I'll sit in, I will just close my eyes as I sit near the gate. And it doesn't matter that there are announcements coming over those loudspeakers and people talking all around me. You just drop into your own space. You create the silence within you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the whole point of meditation and having a, you know, committed practice is to be able to continue to live our lives in the environment that our lives take place in, you know, the container that we're in. We can't always change that. So we can't make it always the perfect environment where we have silence and candles lit and music playing. And no, instead we have the dog barking, the phone ringing, people coming and going, who wants to know what's for lunch, what's for dinner? (laughs) Why is there no food in the refrigerator? And so, you know, the pandemic's the perfect time, then especially if it's in a space where there are multiple people. And um, and everybody's kind of out of their normal routine to say no. The silence exists within, and it's a space and an energy that I create around me. Mm-hmm. So you could meditate anywhere in the middle of your house with everybody home. You can meditate at a train station on the subway, um,
0: at the mm-hmm. nail salon.
1: And it's that's so what funny.
0: Go ahead. It's so funny that you bring up Subway because before this pandemic happened, I said to myself, you know, I really want to go deeper in my practice. I'm going to go down to the city one day and just meditate on the subway, right? And it's like, God was like, I got something better in store for you. Give it a couple of weeks. We're going to have a pandemic and you're going to be in the house with your family all the time. You could practice then. So it's, it's so funny. I was telling a friend of mine this the other day and then he was teasing me. He's like, what are you trying to get some award to the best meditator? And I was like, no, I just wanted to go deeper. And I'm like, this is taking me deeper on my meditation path is everyone's home, you know, they're doing their thing. And you got to, like you said, find that inner stillness, that inner quietness amongst everything.
1: Amongst everything. And, yeah. you know, people need in the, you know, especially early on in their practice to have some music on their headphones. They can you listen to some music that helps them to meditate. I mean, the way I taught myself how to meditate, and this is for like very, very beginners, is by listening to Brian Weiss's um, Meditation for Inner Peace and Tranquility. Let me see if I find the name. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was called Meditation, colon, Achieving Inner Peace and Tranquility by mm-hmm. Brian Weiss. And back in the day, I mean, that's a CD that came in the back of a book. So that's that's how I it. <laughs> Um, now, people don't even know what that is. So, I think you can like find it on SoundCloud or somehow digitally. I'm sure you can find it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, but what it is is a guided meditation. So, it's somebody, for, again, for people who are just starting, somebody's saying, sit down, take a deep breath, you know, watch the light coming in through the top of your head. But I found it really calming. And for somebody like me in the beginning of my journey, where my mind was always so overactive and I'm always ready to jump up and do something. So it was very hard for me just to sit. I found this gave me something to visualize, something to do, because I always need something to do even while I was sitting. Um, But in following his guidance in this 20-minute meditation, time after time, I guess my brain must have become accustomed to, you know, okay, calming down when I heard his voice and then calming down the minute the music started. And then next thing you know, I didn't need the CD to meditate anymore. I would just sit and and I could be quiet. So I think that's a really good way, especially when there
0: is a lot of commotion around you. And was it the same? Did you start off with doing the same meditation? over and over? I did. Mm. Although I wanted to do it every day, I couldn't because,
1: again, this is going back to when my kids were younger and we had get up at six o'clock in the morning. Everybody's doing homework till 10, 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) I need a lot of sleep. So I couldn't do it first thing in the morning because I would sleep until the last possible minute. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it at night because I would collapse into my bed and be passed out. So I would do it maybe like in the afternoon sometime, I would pick 20 minutes before I went to pick the kids up. Um, I would maybe do it a couple of times a week. I'd try to get to every night if I could, or every day. If I could, I did it. If I couldn't, I don't beat myself up because even now with a committed practice, There are days that I just never get around to the meditation. I mean, they're they're far and few between, but there are times where it's just not happening or I'm in meditation and I'm just not feeling the connection or the calmness. Mm -hmm. And um, I just let it go. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Try again later or tomorrow.
0: That's another good point. Because I think people don't realize that those days will also happen. You'll have some days Where you're so connected and so like you said on that god jet stream and then other days where you're like the complete opposite and that's okay it's part of the path right
1: exactly it's it's okay and it's the the last thing we need to do is now beat ourselves up for not being good meditators (laughs) Um, you know and that's part of the journey too right is to learn to love ourselves unconditionally yeah. And just know that we're on this journey to learn, um, to love ourselves, to love other people. And yeah. meditation helps us to get there. It helps us to let go of all the chaos, even if it's just for five minutes.
0: Mm. I love that. Well, thanks so much, Teresa. You, this is a really inspiring um conversation which i knew it would be can you share how we can purchase your amazing book the store of um how you came to do what you do and also the new one that came out the daily messages for a life of love peace and joy where can we find those
1: so um, both my books are on amazon And um, the first one is called Everyday Mystic, Finding the Extraordinary in the Ordinary. The second one is Everyday Mystic, Daily Messages for a Life of Love, Peace, and Joy. And um, Amazon is a bit backed up on my paperback, on the paperback version of my new book. Um, But they have both the digital and paperback of my first book. Um, daily messages they have on kindle and by mid-may it's it will be in paperback but you can also get it on barnes and noble i mean you can get these books on any platform where books are oh, sold okay. oh okay. yeah they're, they're everywhere
0: um and if people wanted to find you for because you do distant healings correct i do um, where can they, they find can, you
1: they can go to my website teresajoseph.com. Uh, and they can email me at teresa at teresajoseph.com. Uh, wait, is it Teresa? Yeah, Teresa at teresajoseph.com. Okay, and my, my, my private practice is full, but you know, if, if I can, I could give them a recommendation.
0: Okay. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much. This was I can't wait to meet you in person one day because we're not far. You're in Connecticut. I'm in New York. I mean, it's probably like maybe an hour ride or something. Oh,
1: yeah. I'd love to meet you in person, Angela. This was a wonderful interview. I really appreciate what you're doing and getting all this good work out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's my intention is for um, somebody listening to, for it to spark thing in them and for them to say, all right, I'll give this meditation thing a try. Um, okay. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing your great stories and your amazing wisdom. And um, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Angela. Yeah. Have you. a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to Meditate on this podcast. I hope you were inspired today. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe so you'll be notified of every story as they're shared. I would be so grateful if you left a review, rated it and shared it with a friend. This helps bring these inspiring messages to more people in the world. And if you'd like to bring more peace and happiness into your life and you're interested in starting a meditation practice, make sure you join my free meditation challenge. You can sign up for it at MeditateOnThisPodcast.com or there's a link in the show notes below. For daily inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at Angela Acamando. Have a wonderful day. And remember, there's transformation through meditation. Ciao for now.